as you see, is from Matthew chapter 24, beginning to read at verse 36. You should know that, that being Christian puts us at a certain place in history. Somehow our presence here is marked by the coming of God in the world. There is a, a movement to our, our journey of faith, our journey of the soul. And Advent every year recognizing that there was a beginning and there one day will be the beginning of the end that marks a new beginning of God's new creation. Advent is always a time that, that looks at critical verses that somehow put us along this timeline. Jesus came into the world as a child in Bethlehem. We'll sing about that and celebrate that as we do every year on, on Christmas Eve. But we also look today to the future, a time when Jesus will come yet again. We are in an in-between time. And it's important to, to recognize that and, and see it for what it is. And so hear the word of God from Matthew chapter 24. But about that day and hour, said Jesus, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of the Lord. Fair question, when will these things be? All of us this morning, all of us here hope for different things. Some of us are hoping that there are many more days left in our living. Some of us are hoping we can figure out some kind of better future. Some are hoping for a judge's decision. Some are hoping for a person's answer. Some are hoping for a phone call from, from an employer. Some are hoping for a letter from an admissions office or some way to deal with the loneliness of life. Or your and my hope may be for a child, for someone that our family has connected us to, someone who faces a greater challenge than you and I may have ever faced in our lives. It seems just now Meadow Lake Church is praying and waiting for news about a new pastor. Now, some Christians are, are actively waiting for Jesus to return bodily to receive the church. 
and, and others actually are far less certain about Jesus' bodily return. Many of them want to remain active, working on what he's taught his people to do, to love their neighbor and love one another and love God with all their heart and mind and soul. Of course, those Christians who are agnostic about last things, about the end of the world, about the coming of Jesus, are often tempted to fall into a state of perpetual apathy. Uh, they might be some of you, or they might be in some other church, and they're saying, Jesus is not coming back. He's already come. What's all this talk about the second coming? So there are some Christians who who fall into a state of apathy. And then there are there are some Christians who are, are focused so much on last things, they are tempted to fall into a state of just perpetual anxiety. But our reading this morning authors something else. Jesus' words author, offer to us faith rather than apathy and hope rather than anxiety. So first of all, it is important that we see if we can conjure up again what we heard Matthew 24 saying to us. It tells you and me not to be apathetic or discouraged about the world or the church or both or all of it. I recently read about a New Testament scholar who once said that we pastors misunderstand our congregations if all the time we're worried about individual acceptance of spiritual things and receiving eternal life. He said, more often than not, it's likely that Christians are simply uncertain whether or not there's any meaning at all to history, to what is happening everywhere. He said this about those in church, about Christians like you and me. And this passage from Matthew reminds us that what Shakespeare's major character Macbeth once said is not true. Once, you may remember, in Shakespeare's Macbeth, King Macbeth said, Life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Sometimes it seems that that's the way life is. But Jesus tells us this is not true. Instead, Jesus says, life is a tale told by the eternal and sovereign God, enacted according to God's direction. That's really what Advent is about. God has not forgotten us. It may seem like a long time between our prayers and the answer, but God has not forgotten. Life is full of judgment and grace and all kinds of things in between. And it moves toward the time when God will make all things new. So let's understand, first of all, that Jesus' words to us this morning speak to us of the Advent community of faith. Faith is the main word. The Advent community of faith. That's what you and I are. We're an Advent community. We're the church. We're people of faith. 
But Jesus' words also do something else, too. His words invite us away from anxiety. Of course, there's much talk about the end time in Matthew 24. In fact, there's several chapters in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that seem to focus on end times. But one thing this reading does do for us, it does not allow us to keep a calendar of the last days and the timeline of what's going to happen. Because Jesus himself is remembered to have said, but about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Reinhold Niebuhr, the great professor of theology, taught people to pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. You see, if Jesus is as hopeful as he sounds that he is, as he waits for the conclusion of all history, a history that even he does not understand when he's saying these words, surely you and I can learn our hope from him. And so his words not only speak to us about an Advent community of faith, his words speak to us about an Advent community of hope. But there's something else, too. passage also builds an Advent community of memory. The passage is not afraid to look back. In fact, the church is never afraid to look back. It looks back to the days of Noah, to a time when people ignored the judgment and power of God at great cost. And this is about memory. Knowing what God has done in the past can encourage you and me to have confidence in what God can and will do on behalf of the world in which we live. Often in worship, you and I read from the Old Testament. And if worship can help you and me remember God's stories through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David, and the prophets, then you and I will be this Advent community of memory. You see, when... Pat and her mom began creating those chrismons. When Pat herself created this whole godly play menagerie of wonderful toys that tell the story of Scripture, they are helping build the church's memory. A chrismon tree really is about memory. It's about remembering the God who came as a child in Bethlehem the God who, through Moses, presented the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. The God who taught David how to play a harp and fashion words into song to sing God's praises. The Christmas tree is about memory. It's also about the future, but it's also about memory. When God speaks to you and me as God did with Noah, we ignore those words and those stories at our own peril. 
And so this morning, remember what Noah remembered. We learned from him. We're built up by memory. We're built, we're built up by faith. We're an Advent community of faith. We're an Advent community of hope. We're also an Advent community of memory. If you wonder about that, just come up to this Christmas tree following the service and look at some of the symbols and ask Pat or ask someone about them. What is that? What's that about? There'll be a story and there'll be a memory. Finally, yet another strength to this end-time reading is it reminds us to keep awake. Maybe some of you recognize Mr. Bean. He's one of my favorite all-time characters, Mr. Bean, sitting in church, trying to keep his eyes open. Sometimes the church is the very place where people like you and me fall asleep. I used to sit by my father in worship and uh, notice that he was closing his eyes, and I'd go home on Sunday dinner and say, now, what were you doing in church today? You had your eyes closed. And he, was, he would say always, I was just resting them. I was hearing everything the minister was saying. I was just resting my eyes. The church is a great place to rest your eyes. I remember a pastor, a friend of mine, once told me about preaching in a small country Methodist congregation. And the organist was an institution all, her, all herself. Uh, and she was nearly 80 years old. And in the midst of the sermon, she fell asleep, and in her falling to sleep, she fell forward and pressed down on the keys, keyboard of the organ. That made a violent sound in the middle of the sermon. <laughs> she startled herself with her slumber, and she sat up. Her wig was twisted sideways on her head, and she blurted out, Where are we? What did I miss? <laughs> and my friend calmly assured her, Bertha, I'm in the middle of my sermon. We're all right here together in worship. We're okay, and so are you. And she twisted her wig back in place, and she was fine. Faith, hope, and memory all encourage in all of us Christian responsibility. And we respond to the God who acted in Jesus Christ, who acts today, and who will keep acting until the world is caught up in God. And so Jesus calls us to keep awake and to anticipate his coming. But Matthew, if we keep reading to the next chapter, says not only do we have to wait for the end of time for Jesus to come back. Keep reading, and, and Jesus is also likely to appear just around the corner in the hungry person, in the worried refugee, in a homeless neighbor on the street in someone sick or in prison. As you do it to the least of these, Jesus said, you do it to me. And so the Advent community of faith and hope and memory is also an Advent community of alertness, of being ready to find Jesus wherever he encounters us. So this morning, our fears will meet our hopes. When you and I encounter Jesus in our memory of God's word, when you and I discover that life is not a tale told by an idiot, but it is a tale told by an eternal sovereign God, and we are people who are given the gift of faith,
our fears will meet our hopes when perhaps in ministry to our neighbor, we realize that we're ministering to none other than Jesus himself. And I am convinced that our fears will dissolve when we meet this Savior, our Lord, face to face. And even before that day ever arrives, I'm convinced that our fears will dissolve and hope will take over. Amen, let it be so.